0: podcast hosted by mike and nessie make sure you're following us on twitter and instagram and youtube at the fans edge and also follow us on our facebook group at the fans edge sports talk we will be doing live shows and quick takes posting them on all our social media platforms so make sure you subscribe so that you can get the latest videos and episodes right away today we are interviewing grant long mr nmd tv and hey, we want to uh, thank you for coming on and for also uh, supporting the work that we do here at the Fan's Edge. So, um, hey, with that being said, man, um, let the people know how they can uh, follow you and where to follow you
1: at. Uh, well, you can follow me at uh, NMD TV on YouTube. The NMD TV network is uh, what started everything. And then I also got the Canes After Dark podcast do then I'm working on a couple more channels. So if you just type in NMD, NMD TV on YouTube, you're going to get a lot of college football content. And then for my Miami Hurricane fans out there, if you want to listen to a podcast or college football fans, just type in Canes After Dark on any of the podcast platforms, you can find me.
0: Awesome, awesome. So I know that NMD is a movement that you started. Uh, how did you come up with that?
1: Uh, it was just a, kind of a mindset shift. Uh, in my life. You know, there was a point where I wasn't as motivated. I didn't grind as hard. I kind of blamed people for my, um, for problems I had in my life. And one day I looked myself in the mirror and I wanted to change, but I wanted kind of a saying um, when I did change and that that I could always go back to to remember. And uh, NMD stands for no more defeats. And that's kind of something I came up with. And then I brought it into the college setting. I brought it into working out when I was a personal trainer and then I brought into the YouTube and content creation with me just so I can always remember to keep working hard and keep grinding. Awesome, man. And uh, just so,
0: you know, uh, our listeners know, what what got you into talking uh, the sports talk radio and got you into doing it on YouTube and things like that? What got you into doing that?
1: Uh, Well, if anybody knows me, they know that um, I can debate and I can argue about football all day and night. You know, I just love doing it. Um, It's something that has always been a part of me. Um, In college, I wanted to be a journalism major, but to be honest with you, I got into partying and kicking it. So I was just like, I just want to be a business major and and do that. Um, And then I figured out YouTube was a platform that was growing and where instead of me, because I was thinking about going back to school, so I said, well, instead of that, let me do things on my own terms, start a YouTube channel, got a growing, jumped into the podcast, got a little bit of growing, I'm still working on that, and now, now I'm just grinding and seeing what's going to happen.
0: Man, hey, we loving it. Let's go ahead and get into this Miami Hurricanes talk. Uh, how is the you handling this time uh, during the corona season, is what we're going to call it? Uh, During the Rona season, how's Miami actually dealing with this in the football program? Is it hurting
1: them? Are they still working out? Talk to us. Well, I'll say we were pretty fortunate because we started uh, a spring practice. We started spring practice. uh, We were one of the teams that started early, so we got a full week to kind of see some of the some of the highlighted pieces that we wanted to see. Our new offensive coordinator, our new quarterback. So, all uh, so we hate that the spring practice got canceled, but I like to tell everybody that hey, we should be grateful that at least we got a full week because uh, if you saw us last year, we definitely need it. So, we got a full week to see the pieces, and right now the players are sent home. It's kind of um, do things on your own, I'm sure everybody has their playbook, but um, each player's I've been seeing them working out on Instagram and things of that nature. Another plus for Miami was we had the most early enroll early enrollees that we've ever had. So our young bucks actually got to get on campus and, and they got a week too. So I think um, everybody is doing the best they can nationwide. And uh, I say at least Miami got a week of spring practice. And right now the players are just keeping the playbooks, um, keeping in touch with the coaches, and they've really been training hard. I've seen you know with uh, a lot of the different. Uh, footwork guys that are in Florida because those guys are everywhere there.
0: Right, right. Uh, Ezra got a couple questions. Go ahead and uh, ask some of your questions. That's yeah. it. All right. So my
2: first question, honestly, is, this is no troll at all. I genuinely oh. want to know. Ask how, me anything. Why are you a Miami <laughs> Hurricanes fan?
1: So I, uh, my stepdad was a Miami Hurricanes fan, and you know that's when I started watching them way back in the day. Uh, but it just real quick to get to know me. Um, I like to go against the grain, you know? And at the time I was watching them, Miami was the bad boys. People didn't like what they was doing. People didn't like them, uh, showbone and things like that. <laughs> that fit me. Uh, Mike knows me. I like to, to, to do crazy stuff and to be out there. That was the, that's how Miami hurricanes did it. And then I was a big Ray Lewis fan. Uh and so when Ray Lewis got drafted to the Ravens, I became a Ravens fan. And then if you look at all, some of the players that the Ravens have gotten, they've gotten Ray Lewis, Brian McKinney, Ed Reed, Willis McGahee. So I just grew up following him in. I grew up in Arkansas, and I hated <laughs> the Hogs. I hated the I hated the Hogs, and um, I just grew up a Miami Hurricane fan and just never never looked back, never wavered, still love my squad.
2: Okay. Okay. I, I can feel you there. I also grew up in Arkansas and you, as you can see, you know, I'm not an Arkansas fan. I also hate the Hogs. But that wow. kind of leads me into my next question. As a Miami fan, as a, and I am a Florida fan, we both have teams, obviously in the state of Florida. So how do you think the teams in Florida can stop the teams like Alabama and Ohio State and Clemson, all these teams coming into Florida and taking all the talent that should be ours. How do you think that the teams could possibly try and stop that?
1: Well, the first thing is one of us got to get a chip, you know, one of us got to get a chip. And right now, obviously, uh Florida coming off of a, a new year's six bowl win. They're the, they're the closest if you look at the last couple seasons, but bottom line is somebody in Florida has got to win a chip and it's, it can't be just a one-off year. It's gotta be year back to back or you know, back to you know, New Year Six and then back there because what has happened is once all of us fell off at some point, Florida went in, uh had the four-win season that one year, a couple years back, Miami's been doing what they've been doing. we barely been even winning bowl games. Florida State, Lord have mercy. We saw what's going on <laughs> with them. We've allowed Clemson to come in, Georgia to come in. Alabama to come in. Look at Alabama's projected starting secondary. All those guys will be from the state of Florida, and it's quite embarrassing because it used to be you coming to Florida. I mean, you you grow up in Florida, you're going to go to one of the Big Three schools. But honestly, uh, I know Big Three Twitter. We all go at each other, but really, Nick Saban, Dad Boy and the boys, they coming in and they get whatever they want, whenever they want, and most of the time, it's not even a challenge.
0: Man. True that. Hey, so we do have a, a couple fan questions that we want to ask. I'm going to put it up up here for everybody to see. Uh, Jeremy Hort asks, what can we expect out of Miami this year?
1: I'm going to be real with you. I don't know. I'm going to be real with you. I don't know. We don't know because bottom line is, this is my saying going into the year. We got to see it. Gary King Man put up 50 touchdowns two years ago. Man coming in a year, he's he's a Heisman candidate in some of the sites. I got to see it, though. Rhett Lashley put up record numbers at, um, at SMU. A couple years back, he was with Auburn, won the national championship, won the world's I got to see it, though, because last year, you can check my receipts. I was talking to talk. You know, I thought Jaren Williams was that guy. I thought he was going to come in and do some great things, but it didn't happen. So this year... Um, I'm expecting a faster offense. I'm definitely expecting that. I'm, I'm expecting Derek King to do good things, but it really doesn't matter because we got to see it. Talking is cheap. Actually doing the work is is what we got to see at Miami, and that's the bottom line. Agreed, agreed. Uh, another thing that
0: – another question that Jeremy had that I definitely was going to get into was, are we getting the recruits that are going to bring the swagger back to Miami and uh, also, you all right now have the number five recruiting class. Is this a great sign for the future of the program? And like he said, is it going to bring that
1: swagger back? Man, I think. Listen, we'll never get that swagger back. There yeah. never be there never be teams like it was like like it was back in those days. Can Miami win a national championship? Yes. Can Miami uh, win multiple nationals back-to-back? I hope and I pray that that could happen. But are we really going to see um, uh, a Jeremy Shockey, then a Kellen Winslow, uh, then a Greg Olson? Are we going to see a Santana Moss, then a, a, a Reggie Wayne, then a Andre Johnson all-on-one team? No, because Man. of the transfer portal. And because uh, these kids, they just, I mean, no, no offense, but the old Miami was cussing players out. At the coin talk, (laughs) the old Miami was coming in and fatigued. I think we're just living in a different time where stuff like that ain't even acceptable. So I don't see us getting that swagger back. But we're in the ACC Coastal. I do think it's a point where we could get where we could, we should be dominating the ACC Coastal and we should be going to the ACC uh, championship game and find Clemson. So, and then speaking of the recruits, um, yeah, and I tell a lot of people this because I feel like people aren't talking about this with the Rona that's going on it's important to have a uh, top 10 class right now. Ohio State, Florida, and Miami all have top 10 classes. And normally at this time, people say, it really don't matter. And I would agree with you because it's a long time. But with this Rona situation, we don't know when we're gonna be able to kick back up uh, face-to-face visits. We don't know when we're gonna be able to do junior days and things like that. So at least if you got a foundation as a top 10 class, you at least got something you can work with. Miami has several good commits. Um, all of them from being from the state of Florida, at least we got those guys. And at least Miami is in the state of Florida to where, um, the guy, they, they got enough talent where they don't have to go and travel places. Um, and bottom line is it's important to have a top 10 recruiting class right now, because when this Rona situation is over, we don't know if that's going to expedite the, the national sign of day. Are they going to push back the national sign of day? So having a top 10 class, I think is very important.
0: Definitely. I, I agree with that statement. Essek, you got any uh, other questions you want to go ahead and ask?
1: Uh,
2: yeah. yeah. So many, many Diaz is coming off a, a pretty bad year. He had some, some, some bright spots, some, a lot of bad spots, but how could he, how could you see him improving in year two?
1: Well, the first thing he did was he brought in three new coaches. Okay. Rob Likens, um, Rhett Lashley, and Gary Justice as the offensive of line coach. All three of those guys have experience in calling plays. So why that's important to me is because offense has been our biggest problem. You had those three guys, you at least got some, you at least got some experience on that staff and and coaches that the players are excited about and that we're excited about. Uh Manny Diaz himself uh, brought in Ed Reed as a chief of staff. Now, Ed Reed isn't going to be um, coaching and all that stuff, but he is going to be an extra piece of uh, extra eyes. You know, I don't think it can hurt you having a Hall of Famer in the film room. I don't think it can hurt you having a guy that can, you know, talk to Mike and say, Hey, Mike, man, you a four star. You know, I was, you know, this is what you need to do, this, this, and that. You know, I think that's only going to help him. But the bottom line is Manny Diaz has to win games. We were terrible coming off buys. We lost games we shouldn't lose. Um, I give Manny credit because he he did address a lot of the situations. Number twelve recruiting class, uh, bringing in De'Aaron King, getting those three coaches I talked about. I applaud that. But none of it doesn't matter if he doesn't win. It goes back to me saying you gotta uh, you gotta show us, you gotta show us. So Manny has to Manny has to he humbled himself a lot. You know, getting beat down, losing to Duke, you were gonna get humbled. You know what I'm saying? So he humbled himself a lot <laughs> in the offseason, I could tell, but now we got to win the games. For
2: sure. For sure. And I'm
1: hoping, and I'm hoping the, the experience of losing those games is going to make him better. Everybody can't be an urban Meyer, you know, coming out the gates winning a lot of games. Dan Mullen did the same. So I'm hoping the pain and the suffering that he went through last year that I went through um, is going to be worth it. He's going to learn a lot from it to go ahead into this season.
0: All right mike uh all right so another question from one of our fans i just want to go ahead and put that out there he said we have to find a way to use our speed i feel like we have been wasting a bunch of guys with speed just out there wasting air how do you feel about that statement
1: i i agree uh jeff thomas is a guy that um was special and he could have had a special year uh two a couple of years back under mark rick he did have a special year um but we brought in rhett lashley and rhett lashley we're going to attack we're going to be able to use the speed of our players it's simplified the players have already come out to say that under dan enos um, uh, the playbook was was so thick you know they were thinking and not reacting they were you know but with the with this rhett lashley office it's an offense that's going to be predicated on using our speed and ability in attacking the defense is going to uh, simplify things and we can use their ability. You're looking at guys, and we got to, and we could talk about if the coaches use them right, this and that, but plays got to be made. You know, we beat Florida if Jeff Thomas doesn't drop the pass in the end zone, you know, if he doesn't fumble the snap, I mean, fumble the um, muff the punt. So although we have had the speed, I think you can look at the scheme and you can look at the players. uh, They haven't held up. They haven't both come together and held up their end to make things happen. So to answer the question, I think our speed is going to be utilized a lot under the Red Lashley offense, but it's going to go back to the theme of this whole conversation. Everything sounds good in the offseason. I can tell you why Miami is going to go undefeated in the offseason, but when they get on the field, when the pass hit, what they got to do, they got to execute and they got to win. Otherwise, it doesn't mean anything.
0: I agree. I agree with that, man. Isaac, uh, you want to go ahead and ask your uh, QB questions?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Derek King, you got him. We've all we've all seen, we've all heard. He he is the, he is one of the best players in college football. Uh, what do you? Because I know that you also break down film, and I've seen some of it, and I like your work. What do you have to say to some of those people that say he couldn't be an NFL caliber quarterback?
1: Mm. Well, I'll tell you, uh, when, when you talk about the NFL, the things that worries me is um, how short he is. You know, he, uh, the guy, he, you know, when you go to the NFL, they dissect every detail, you know, they, they talked about Joe Burrow's hand size. So that right there is, is something that worries me. If you're looking at it from the NFL Side, uh, when I looked at his film from last year, I did see there was times where he was hot and cold in his deep ball accuracy. When he's when he's on fire, you know, he can hit those back to back. But then when he's cold, he's very, very cold. So going to the NFL, I'll tell you one thing: Lamar Jackson helped out the mobile quarterback this past year. Uh, so going into the NFL, just me projecting here, I think he's gonna it's gonna depend on the season that he has this year and then it's going to depend on what uh, what team falls in love with them because that's what it comes down to. You only need one team, one scheme to for you, for them to fall in love with you. And, and are they going to do what they did, like the Ravens, for example? They brought in Greg Roman. They brought in Mark Ingram. They brought in uh, Hayden Hurst, had three different tight ends to run the system that they want to run to be able to utilize Lamar Jackson's uh, legs, his speed, and his arm. Will a team be able to do that with the Jalen Hurts or with the De'Aaron King? That's something that you would have to look at. But if there's something that I think going to hurt De'Aaron King, is just going to be his measurables, like his size is, probably his hand size. they always looking for something. And then his deep ball accuracy is something that um, I saw in film, and I can point on film to people, that he's going to have to improve.
2: Okay. And... Uh... Uh, who will, who would he happen to have the ball to distribute the ball to? Because I mean, and with the Rona going on right now,
1: will they be able to mesh in a certain up time? So that's a that's a great question. And That's why I say I'm at least glad we got a week. We got a, we got one week of spring. I mean that that's gonna. I mean that's better than nothing. You know, I'm not saying it's the end Hey, it's better than nothing. <laughs> um, but the receiver position. Is something that has to step up big time for the Miami Hurricanes. No more Jeff Thomas. No more KJ Osborne. Shout out to my boy KJ mm-hmm. Osborne. That man be working. He be working, working. Uh if there was a no more defeats player of the year award, I would give it to KJ because that man put in the work. Um Brevin Jordan is gonna be the guy. He's our tight end. He can uh, you can have him inside, you can have him split outside, you can have him uh split in as a slot. But I'm looking for guys like Mark Pope, who was a five-star, four-star type of talent, came in with a lot of hype. We really haven't seen him burst onto the scene. I'm looking at a Jeremiah Payton, who people said was going to be the next Amar Richards, didn't get a snap last year. He redshirted. I'm looking for guys like that to really step up. We're really impressed with the with the freshman class that we got in: Xavier Restrepo, uh, Kayshawn Smith, we're, we're Michael Redding. Those guys are good, but I got to see guys like D. Wiggins, Mark Pope. Uh, those guys have to step up and be big time. And I'm hoping in this new system with the De'Ara King will help them. And, I, and I'll tell you something, guys. This is what I say about De'Ara King. Having De'Ara King give something, gives the defensive coordinator something to worry about. You know, they're going to be thinking, mm-hmm. how do we stop De'Ara King? Last year, Miami didn't have that. So you could play two safeties back, and you can you can say, hey, we're just gonna we're just gonna play them straight up and see what happens. But now, De'Aaron King, a defensive coordinator, can do everything right, and then De'Aaron King can juke a guy, make a safety come up, and he can pop it over over deep. So I think I think, and like I said, you can make anything sound good in the off season. I'm thinking what's gonna happen is De'Aaron King's play is gonna help out his receiving core. Uh, and, and the receiving court has to step up. I do agree with uh Essex when you talk about this Rona situation, it definitely hurts the transfer quarterbacks who are coming in and having to work about work with chemistry. Not only does he have to work out the chemistry, he's taking in a new offense, which a lot of people will say, well, a spread is a spread. I say, hey, it's still a new offense. Um him, if we if we didn't have the rona, he would be getting a lot more time than he is now with the with the players he's gonna be playing with.
0: Right, so so last year, my biggest thing that I saw in the offense that I didn't like, I didn't feel like for that offense, Miami picked the right quarterback. Right, I I believe me and you had conversations about it as well, Grant. I felt like maybe Tate Martell would have been better because of you had what two freshmen on that on the edge blocking, and that just would that just would have uh, helped out a lot. Now you bring in. Uh, Derek, Derek King. What about Tate Martell? Uh, is there any latest on Tate Martell?
1: Uh, okay. does he up- I'll go ahead. Go. Ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Okay, so the Tate Martell situation. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you what should have happened, and what did happen, and and where old Tate is right now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what should have happened is what we saw. If if we if we weren't going to run a spread offense, a full spread with Tate Martell. First of all, he probably should have never came to Miami because we all can agree Tate Martell isn't an under-the-center quarterback. Right. We thought when we brought Tate Martell in, we thought we had Dan Enos. Dan Enos was going to be running the Alabama-style offense. He came in here with that Arkansas running play actions and silly shit like that. We weren't able to do that because we had two freshman tackles. And when you're running a slow-developing play action, by the time the quarterback turned around, he's getting hit. So what should have happened is, Look at the Florida game. On two big plays, Tate Martell's lined up as a wide receiver. So that goes back to the players are thinking, well, why is he out here? Are they going to run a trick play? Are they going to run this? And um, you could have used him in different type of wildcat packages, in different type of trick plays. We never seen that, okay? So what did happen? Tate Martell hurt himself. This is what happened. The man come in and say he want to play wide receiver. First of all, it's disrespectful to think that you can play over players who've played the wide receiver position all life to just think you're going to come in from quarterback and say, okay, I'm going to play wide receiver and then get playing time. So that sets you back in your quarterback progression, which if he would have just stayed in the quarterback room, y'all saw how bad our quarterbacks ended up playing. He probably could have had a chance. But you missed out on three, four weeks of practice. Right. Because you wanted to try to get on the field at receiver, which really if you looked yourself in the mirror, you would have said, hey, I can't possibly start over these guys who've played wide receiver for years. Then um, he had something to go on in his personal life. Nobody knows what happened in his personal life, but the man just was missing games. Now the, the coaches let him miss the games, but then it didn't make the fan base happy because we seen him on Instagram with, uh, with girl, yeah, look, look good. I mean, you can't blame him. A lot of people thought Tate Martell was going to transfer. I said, no, sir. Did you see his girl? She's not leaving. <laughs> to, be to the free. It ain't happening. But, but I think that Tate Martell, I think if something was to happen in this offense, in this Red Lashley offense, I think he could do good in this. But bottom line is, Tate Martell hurt himself by switching positions, and then he definitely hurt himself by disappearing during the season. Like I said, I don't know. Ex- there's rumors going around. No one knows what actually happens. But when you leave like that in the middle of the season, people are going to question it. So we got De'Eric King. We got Tyler Van Dyke, uh four-star quarterback coming in. And then we got Nikosi Perry. And then it's Tate Martell. I don't think Tate Martell gets a – people just hate on him just to hate on him. I, I, I'm not with that. I do think he can be a good college quarterback. I've seen him do some things. At Ohio State, uh, hell, he got in the Louisiana Tech game. People say, oh, well, he didn't do that. Well, look, he got us a first down, and we were the only team <laughs> that, didn't, that, that, that didn't score a point in the bowl season. We but didn't then you really all pulled him out
0: him. after he got the first down.
1: Right, exactly. I mean, I think he got hurt because he, he got hurt. You know why he got hurt? Because he wasn't at the practices. He wasn't at the games. So when he got through in there, he, I mean, he could only withstand. I mean, this ain't this Pee Wee. You and the big boys now. So. True. Uh, that's what happened. That's what could have happened. This year it's De'Aaron King's job, and the Perry or Tyler Van Dyke will be second string. Get Tate. He's gonna be behind them, and he's gonna be he's gonna have a fine girlfriend. Hopefully, Rhett Lashley can bring in some trick plays. You know, a double reverse pass, a double reverse with Tate because Tate does have some tools, but. That's the Tate Martell story in a short for you guys.
0: So it's, so it seems like Tate Martell is on his way to the XFL, basically.
1: Listen, if I was Tate Martell, I would definitely go to the XFL. He does not project to be an NFL quarterback. Right now, he's probably not going to make the field as a Miami Hurricane. If you went to the XFL, you're getting paid, and you're going to be the star of that league, or at least you're going to be the most talked about right. until you don't produce. <laughs> you, know, you if he produces he's going to be the star of that league so right. to me i don't see why if, if i'm a third string on a college football team and i've already transferred hey man sometimes you just got to take your loss go to the xfl make that bread and then put something on film and maybe you get picked up for the nfl
0: all right, man. Before we get out of here, Essek wants to ask you some uh, defensive questions about the uh, Miami Hurricanes.
1: Yeah, I just
2: got about two. but um, So Mike likes to say great teams, elite teams don't rebuild, they reload. And Miami is capable of being elite. So I want to know how does the defense reload after losing about 50% of y'all's productivity and I also want to know a little bit about uh, Jalen Phillips, the five-star, former five-star type uh, defensive end out of high school that just transferred there from UCLA.
1: Okay, so the next – okay, so we're, we're ending an era where Miami had three linebackers start for four straight years, okay? One of them, Zach McCloud, ended up redshirting. He is the only veteran linebacker really coming back that had serious playing time. So when I look at our defense, I look at our linebackers, are going to be questioned. And then there's probably some Miami Hurricanes fans watching this that saying, oh, what about Sam Brooks? What about um, Avery Huff? Those are good prospects. But until you touch the, the field and put the tape on, then we can judge. We watched Sam Brooks in the Louisiana Tech, uh, Tech game. He had, uh, I think he led the team at tackle, so that does show promise. But you're going to look at that linebacking core first um, if, if, you're, if you're looking at question marks. Now this D line has the potential. First, you, you, we're gonna talk about Gregory Russo, okay? <laughs> Gregory Russo, second in sacks. Um, the first was Chase Young. This man was second, and the thing about it is he didn't he didn't even start until four or five games in, and this man had uh, 15 sacks, uh, so many tackles for loss. He was everywhere. So everybody's gonna be looking at him. What I would say to him is. Can you back it up? Mm. Because because he has the tools. And when I broke down his film, I noticed that this kid was slanging people around. He really didn't even have a lot of pass rushing moves. So that's that's something I'm going to look at. Is you know, a lot of times we've had players like a Joe Jack have double digits. Uh, Joe Jack or Jonathan Garvin, those guys they had great seasons, and then the next year your tape's on the your tape is out. So now you're going to take triple teams. You're gonna get the Chase Young treatment. You put up <laughs> on production, you're about to get that Chase Young treatment. Now, the question is, will he be able to at least make an impact? I don't I don't expect him to have 15 sacks. Can he at least make an impact like he did? I think he can. That's something we're gonna look at. You mentioned JJ Phillips was a number one prospect, but then he dealt with some head injuries. He had a couple other Whoa. injuries and he actually retired. He went, he ended up going to UCLA, retired. Decided to come back uh, last year, sat out all last year, got in the weight room, got to meet the teammates, got to be around the team. And now when you see him, he looks like a total different dude. The dude is beefed up. He's ready to go. My concern is when you go through the injuries, especially head injuries to where you have to retire, that's just a concern to me. But I think him playing with the Gregory Russo, And the next player that I'm going to mention is going to help him out a lot because he's not going to have to come in and be the star. He's just going to have to come in and just make a couple plays when we need you to. So he's definitely somebody who I think can do it, but it's the theme of this show. We got to see it because he is coming off of serious injuries. The doctors have cleared him. He's put on a lot of muscle, looked the part. We're excited. Now, a lot of people may not be talking about is we got a a grad transfer named uh quincy roche who if you if you're a believer in the pff he graded higher than uh gregory russo quincy roche is the ac the aac defensive player of the year last year defensive end could have went anywhere decided to come to miami so you're going to have a quincy roche who's had great production you're going to have a uh gregory russo who's put up a great production last year you're going to have two of those guys And I I think if they can be the edge rushers we think, just like, you know, looking at the Gators last year, their D-line set the tone for that defense. And if you look at a game uh, like the LSU game, when those two guys weren't in there, Gennard, Izuniga, you notice. I think if those two can have that type of impact, it can make the linebacker's job easier. It can make our secondary guys easier. We got a couple defensive tackles. Um, Jordan Miller, Jonathan four. but the big one you want to look at is Nesta Severa. He um, he kind of brings that old Miami my, uh, swagger back. He's going to talk the talk, but I've seen Nesta do a lot of talking. I want to see him be dominant. <laughs> he he got hurt last year, had a little injury, but came back, made a couple plays. But now when if you're a defensive tackle and you got a Quincy Roche um, and a Gregory Russo, both of those guys are going to be getting doubled he should eat in the middle. And that's what we're hoping to see. So when you look at our defense, um, the, the linebackers are going to be the question mark, but if our, if our defensive line, if they can be a force, like they're supposed to, it'll make everybody's job easier. And JJ Phillips, we got to see what he is medically, how he plays, but we won't have to rush him into action. We can let him get a little bit by little bit because we got the addition of Quincy Roche.
0: Awesome, man. Hey, uh, Before we get out of here, we just want to know, uh, as a Miami Hurricane fan and as someone who covers it, what's the biggest thing that the
1: fans should be looking forward to this upcoming season? De'Ara King and Rhett Lashley. Listen, when you think about Florida, you think about speed. You think about uh, athletes that make other, other states athletes look silly when you come at playing the football game. That's just the the, uh that's just what they say, you know what I'm saying? Whether you believe it or not, everybody has their own opinion. But when you think about Florida, you think about speed. Well, why hasn't Miami had an offense to help out their speed? Right. I mean, you look at that, Mark Rick. Mark Rick is my guy, but he's just – he's a great – I like him as a head coach. As a play caller, it wasn't there for me. Dan Enos, Lord have mercy. Oh, Oh, Lord have mercy, Dan Enos. He's a running back coach now. From office of coordinator to running back coach, that should tell you a little bit. Um, Miami really hasn't had an office of coordinator that's going to spread it open um, like Rhett Lashley and Sandy is going to do. And Miami's never had a mobile quarterback like a De'Aaron King. So Miami fans, they should definitely look forward to De'Aaron King and Rhett Lashley. But I, I, I and I'll I'll say this anything can look good on paper. Right. Anything can look good on paper. The guys they're gonna have to put in the work. The coaches are gonna have to get the guys to respond, and we're gonna have to beat these teams that we should beat. Uh Miami can can Miami should go to the ACC championship game. Should, but we'll see what happens once they kick the ball off. Uh oh. Uh, the ACC Coastal, they nobody has more talent than Miami in the ACC Coastal. I mean, you can go down the line, North Carolina, Virginia, Pittsburgh. These teams, um, they don't have more talent. They've just been more disciplined. They've just been better coach. North um, Carolina and, picking yeah, it up
0: in the recruiting game, though.
1: Yes, yes, but that's in the recruiting. You, They're, they're bringing back. Sam Howe, they're bringing back one of the best wide receivers in Daz Newsome. But let's be real, they only won six, seven games last year. People acting like they won ten games. <laughs> Miami, Miami has lost games due to coaching and lack of discipline by the players. Agreed. So if they, if they can get that down, uh, like I said, the ACC Coastal, they got good coaches. So Manny Diaz, you got to hold up your part. Play, the players, hey, Miami fans, you should look forward to the King, Rent Lashley, NASCAR offense. But we got to put in the work. Um, and I, I'm excited for the season. After we lost to Louisiana Tech, you probably couldn't. Boy, y'all didn't even want to see me. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, I was, like, if you're a Florida fan, you probably did want to see me. I didn't <laughs> have nothing to say to you. I was on I was, I was, I was, you see it. but we got Derrick King. We got Rhett Lashley. And I'm a little bit more excited for this season. I think Miami should be, too. Miami fans.
0: Man, Grant, we just glad that you were able to come on here give us your expertise, give us your insight. And uh, we want you to let the people know what you got going on. What are you working on? Uh, again, tell them where you where they can follow you, but let them know what you're working on and why they should follow you.
1: Oh man, right now with the coronavirus going on, um, the, the, the cream will rise to the top. You know, you look at you guys, you guys aren't stopping putting out the content. Nope. This is the best time for content creators to get out there because there's no ESPN to watch really. There's no, there's no nothing going on. So podcast, YouTube channel, I'm on YouTube all day on the best things uh, for you to provide for people right now. What I'm working on is uh, NAD TV. Um, just type in NAD TV on YouTube, putting out daily content on there, working on a couple things. The Canes After Dark podcast uh, is going to, it drops every friday uh this week i uh i um actually last week i interviewed a super bowl champion and executive director of the reese's uh senior bowl so he got he got on there gave us some insight and then this week i got joe williams he's the son of the miami football player um quinn williams and he kind of gives us a look at recruiting from a father's point of view Um, and i think that's pretty exciting that's something that a lot of people don't talk about as as a fan base we talk about recruiting as a school you can talk about recruiting but how is it um from a father's from a parent's point of view you know so we got a lot going on if you just want to check me out just type in nmd tv on youtube you're going to see a lot of interviews a lot of content popping up and uh, i'm not stopping anytime soon and uh fans edge podcast you guys welcome me on and i appreciate you guys anytime
0: man i'm pretty sure you know Hopefully we have college football, and we'll definitely be bringing you bringing you back on to talk about you know the season as well. Yeah, um, let me ask. You, can I ask y'all this question? Do y'all think we're gonna yeah. have college football? I I think we are, man. Uh, you know, you, you see schools like Liberty reopening. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I really think that we are. Something's gonna have to give, man. Because, I mean, do they really want to invoke martial law? People are going to go crazy without sports, man. And um, what do you think Anthony? you, you, you a
2: little bit worried. Uh, I'm a little bit, not too much. I just understand right now it's looking dark and depressing everybody. Cause don't nobody really know what's going on or what to do. But I feel like if people just stay inside, you yeah. self quarantine, self isolate, everything will be fine. We'll have sports back in no time and we will not be sitting here wanting to <laughs> cry in the shower yeah. every night. <laughs>
1: That, that's my thing. Is I think if everybody stays inside, we'll be good. But uh, if that don't, man, uh, they, well, they going back partying they on me. the beach in Florida, man. What is that's, with that's, that? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. But they a different breed down
2: there.
1: Hey, I, I hope I hope we have it, man. We'll see what happens. But uh, I will say, at first, I wasn't even when they canceled the NBA. I wasn't worried. But when they kind of told everybody how serious it was, and people were still going out to clubs, people still doing it. That's what worries me. So we'll see what happens, man. Uh, I hope that we do have it because I can't even picture a season with no college football. That would be crazy.
0: Right. Definitely would. Again, Grant, we want to thank you. Go follow him on NMD TV. Make sure you follow him on Instagram as well. And uh, thank you all for listening to the Fans Edge. Make sure that you like this video. Share this video. Subscribe. And we out.